0: Morning. morning. How are we doing? Good. My name is Derek. I'm one of the speakers here at Skyline. I want to welcome you here to Skyline this morning. For those of you that are joining us remotely, thank you so much for joining us. We hope to get to see you soon in person one day. Yeah, I, I get to talk more about suffering. And today we continue in our series and I talk to you today about how we share in suffering with other people. When they're going through things, when they're in the middle of something challenging or difficult, how do we share in that? You know, one of the most crucial life lessons that we learn uh, as a Christian is how do we handle suffering? How do we we figure out a way to get through the difficult task of suffering? You know, last week, uh, Mike Tucci was able to share with us um, the different kinds of suffering. We obviously know that there's physical suffering. There could be people that are experiencing some kind of physical ailment, some kind of physical disease, injury, a disability, something that actually keeps them suffering day after day after day. And if it's not you, you may actually know somebody who's going through that kind of physical suffering all the time. But he also talked about like the mental anguish, like the actual mental things that go on. There's there's probably people in here that suffer with depression, anxiety. You, you suffer with worry and fear, those mental things that keep us up at night. But then there might also be some spiritual stuff going on. You might actually have some spiritual warfare, some stuff that the enemy tries to use against you as you're walking down your journey with Christ. Now, if, if you've got something physical going on, we know that, obviously, we have frail bodies. The moment sin entered the world, our bodies started to die. And I know when you talk about suffering, everything seems like wah, wah. Everything always just seems heavy when we talk about suffering. Or it could also stem from sin that might be going on either in your life or somebody else is going through something because of their sin and you're seeing them suffering through that. It might be some of the common pressures of life. How many of you worry about, I don't know how how much I'm going to be able to stretch this paycheck until the next one comes? Or you might be worried about something that's going on in your life or somebody else's life. Or it might be the grief that you're feeling when somebody else is going through something and you want to be able to do something for them. But wherever suffering comes from, suffering is inevitable. Suffering is inevitable. And you can either grow bitter or you can grow better. But it's how you handle it. Okay, so today I was trying to think of a great story that I can share with you and I was Working on this message for the last couple of weeks. I I had so many different bible passages open I had uh, different resources that I was going to use I I had listened to other sermons to see if I could gain some insight and over these last two weeks My life has been really kind of busy. It's just been so many things one right after the other. I was preparing for this message. I was also then working on uh, some schoolwork for my own doctoral class that I'm taking. I also teach students at Montclair State University on Fridays, trying to get stuff there done. And on top of it, my sister and brother-in-law were also then preparing for my uh, nephew Mateo's birthday, and I was helping them with that. So there was just so much going on And then it happened. Microsoft Word crashed. (laughs) In the middle of me preparing for this sermon, all of a sudden, my sermon was gone. It was frozen, like I couldn't do anything. Those of you who own a PC know what I'm talking about. You know, Microsoft Office products freeze all the time. But I was working on a MacBook, and I was expecting and had this expectation that I was gonna be able to do this, and it was all gonna be beautiful, and I was gonna be able to get this message written. And unfortunately, I didn't, and I lost everything that I had prepared and planned for you guys. But I decided I was going to trust God. I said, you know what? That's fine, because instead of having you know, the three or four points and, and all the beautiful songs and poems and stuff like that that I can add into a message, I said, okay, I think it's time for a coffee table talk. I think it's just time for me to just talk with you guys rather than just a typical sermon. So I was filled with all kinds of emotion, though. I was upset. I was frustrated. I want to rip my hair out. Okay, I know I'm being a little dramático, but I, it was, I wasn't suffering that badly. I know, I know. You're like, Derek, there's other problems in the world. That's not something to worry about. You can do it again. Yes, I know. And that's, and that's what I did. I got back on my feet and did whatever I needed to do. But why would this start happening to me right now? I felt like I was suffering in that moment. You know, many of us have experienced suffering or we know of someone who's going through suffering right now. We've all had that person that's close to us, whether that's a spouse, a child, a f- you know, some other family member that's going through it. Um, and we've all been around those people. And that could be some of the most helpless times in, your, in our lives. It, it feels like we don't know what to do. And we start asking ourselves, what do I do? Like, what do I do in this moment? What do I say? Like, h- how should I react in this moment? Like, what, what words could I actually then give them? And when I think about it, I can remember, I'll tell you this story. I can remember a, uh, a story in, in mine and my wife Ashley's life. When we were first married, we were newlyweds and we were just loving life. And, and then we were thinking about starting a family. And I can remember the day that we found out we were pregnant. We were so excited. We were, it was just this beautiful time. We started planning and preparing and thinking, wow, you know, God's allowing us to be parents. And so as I was going through this, Um, with Ashley, we, we've obviously the the pregnancy test came back positive and we were all excited. And so she made an appointment with an OB and so they brought her in so that way they can do blood work on her and then confirm the pregnancy with an ultrasound. And we were able to see the little heart flickering in there and we were all excited. And then they said, we'll give you your results in a couple days when they come back. And a couple days later, they called Ashley and they said, we need you to come in because we want to do some more testing just to see where your numbers are. And we want to do another ultrasound. Well, we got to the OBGYN, and as soon as they did the ultrasound, there wasn't a heartbeat. And her numbers were obviously down. We were devastated. We were heartbroken. We were so excited in that moment, and instantly, we started to suffer. And I can remember that when we got back to our apartment, we sat on the couch, and all we could do was just cry. And then Ashley was teaching third grade at the time, and I remember she would get ready, go to work, she would do her thing, and then when she would come back, all she could do was sit on the couch and cry. And as her husband, I, I knew that we were suffering together, but she was suffering completely different than I was suffering. She was suffering as a mom would. And so everything that I would try to do to console her, everything that I would try to do to help her wasn't right. There was nothing that I could do to take away that suffering for her. And I felt helpless. Anybody ever felt like that? Yeah. You know, one of the most helpless times in your life is when you see someone going through something and there's nothing that you can do to help them through that suffering. It's hard to understand that. It's hard to figure out, okay, well, how do I help this person through this? How how can I do something you know, to make it better. It was hard to watch. I would look at her and there was nothing that I can do, you know, and, and, and I was always trying to figure out, okay, what, what else can I help her with? How can I make this better? And that was tremendously frustrating. And I, and I tried each and every time to figure out, okay, what else can I do? And when people are going through something, through something, they don't always need you to do something. They need you to be something for them. And in those moments, I knew that I just needed to be there for my wife. There was not going to be any words that I could say. There was no amount of flowers and gifts and any of that that was going to make it better for her. Many times we we think, okay, I need to do something practical for that person. And yes, people love that. I can remember when we were going through, people would call us to see if they could get us a meal or if they could go shopping for us or if there was anything that they could pick up or do something for us. And while those things were wonderful and we appreciated all those things, Many of those times, we didn't need any of that. And think about this. You guys all know the character Job in the Bible. No one went through the amount of suffering that Job did. He lost his house. He lost his family. He lost his health. And throughout that time, Job had friends. He had people that came to be with him. And most of those friends, actually all of those friends, wind up coming to do something for him. But what do you think Job needed? He didn't necessarily need them to do something. Yeah, could he have used them to you know, rebuild his house and to regain his fortune and all that stuff? Absolutely. But he didn't necessarily need them to do anything. He just needed them to be something for him. And you know, by nature, most of the time, we'd rather do than be because we feel that we can help in that way. But that's just the opposite of what somebody is needing in that moment. So you ask yourself this question, why should we suffer? Why, why should we have to experience suffering? And when we go through suffering, it gives us an opportunity to testify to God's faithfulness. I can't tell you countless times when Ashley and I were experiencing this, how faithful God was to us. I'll tell you, we experienced four miscarriages in our marriage, but through it, God gave us three beautiful babies. And because of it, We get to raise Ella, Jack, and Jude. You know, it gives us the opportunity to testify to God's faithfulness, and it's also how a season of suffering can be used to encourage others. I cannot tell you the countless women that Ashley... The countless people that we've been able to encourage others with this. How many people who've experienced a miscarriage how we've been able to speak life into them, how we've been able to be there, to not necessarily do something, but to be something for them. So I want you guys to think about this as our big idea for today. Our first reaction to suffering is we always want to run, we want to go away, and we want to get out of this situation. I don't want this. And we're discouraged, and we get overwhelmed. But suffering actually leaves you vulnerable when you're doing it by yourself. You ever been by yourself, like in your room, when you're in there with your thoughts? That's an awesome time for the enemy to be there, to start feeding you things, and to tell you lies, and to show you God's not there. God didn't care about you. He, he's, he left you during this time. That's why you're suffering. I see a lot of head nods because people have experienced that in their lives. But our first reaction is always to run or to withdraw, to get discouraged or overwhelmed. But suffering by yourself leaves you vulnerable. But if we share in suffering with other people, that can strengthen you. Ashley and I were so strengthened when people would just come over and just sit with us. They didn't even have to say anything. I remember one time there was, there was a, a, a girlfriend that Ashley had that came over and she brought her haagen chocolate ice cream. And, she, and Ashley sat there and, and ate while the friend just sat there and held her hand. She did something practical for her, but more importantly, she was just there for her. So last week, Mike talked to us about the perception of suffering and what, how we see suffering and then obviously how we can have an eternal perspective on it. And his last slide actually spoke to me and it spoke to a lot of you because you all took your phones out. And you took a picture of it. And I actually did the same thing. And I took a picture of it because I wanted to add it into my message. And he, he said, as you go this week, I want you to think about these three things. First and foremost, cry out to God because you're not alone. When we're going through suffering, we think that we're alone. We're by ourselves. And this is the worst thing ever. And no one is there. God's not there. None of my family, none of my friends are there. But you're not alone. We get to share in each other's lives, share in suffering with other people. Secondly, he said to endure suffering as a path to glory because Jesus has shown you the way. Guys, Christ was the ultimate example of suffering. We're getting ready to come up on Easter. We all know what this is about. But for those of you who don't know, God sent his son to die for you and for me. He paid the ultimate sacrifice and suffered for you and for me, and he's shown us that through his word. And thirdly, look outside the box for God's eternal perspective. Mike gave us a very brainy diagram of these nine dots, and we had to figure out how we can take one line and connect all of those dots. And most of us were like, how am I going to do this? I don't understand how I'm going to be able to figure this out. And we were seeing it from that one perspective. We were seeing it from that one little view. And when he took the box away, all of a sudden we're like, ah, and so we were able to then connect the dots in that way. And that is a beautiful representation of when God takes away that, that slighted, very one-sided perspective and he gives you his perspective, you are then redeemed, not just through your, just through your body, but also through your heart and through your soul. But I want us to focus on the very first one, cry out to God because you're not alone. I want to focus on that because it's true, we're not alone. I know that in the middle of suffering, it feels like you are. It feels like you are alone. You are by yourself and there's nothing that you can do to be able to get out of this. But Christ is our comfort. Christ is our comfort and he guarantees us this because we read in 2 Corinthians 1, verses three through five. And it says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. When you're going through something, the first person you should be going to should be Christ because he understands what it is like. He came to this earth. Not only was he God, but he was also man. He experienced suffering the same way that you did. And then ultimately, a way that we would never even be able to comprehend. He is the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can then be a comfort to others. Who best to be there for somebody than someone who's experienced it? You know, it also says, and when they were troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. For the more that we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. You wonder, why should I have to go through suffering? Well, sometimes God might need our attention. He might need to say, hey, I'm here. And we don't always understand why we have to experience this, but I'll tell you right now that suffering is not the end of the story because God will provide you his peace. I can't tell you the countless times that through those four miscarriages, God provided us his peace that passed all understanding. There were times that we were so full of peace that I didn't even understand where that was coming from. But the only explanation is that it came from God himself. But not only does he provide you his peace, he also provides you his promises. God's, guys, suffering is not the end of the story. We know what the end of the story is. God's here to redeem us and to restore us and renew us. And it's through his goodness and his comfort as you patiently endure this hardship. Guys, I know that that suffering is hard. I'm, t- I'm, I'm a prime example of, of having experienced that suffering. And when we think about God chooses to use suffering to teach us, to teach God, men and women of his willing love, and genuine obedience. God didn't create robots. If he wanted to, he could have. He could have created people that never sinned and, did, and that never did anything, but he wanted us to choose him as our source of redemption when we did sin and to recognize our need for him as our savior. So I know that you've probably experienced something or you're probably going through something right now and you're probably in that, in that worry of, how am I gonna get through this? How am I going to overcome? This. I have somebody that I want to bring out to share with you how he experienced suffering in his life. Pastor Chris? Good morning. So, Chris, you and I have had multiple conversations and we've talked about the suffering that you experienced. And I know he's gonna be modest right now when he talks about this, and he's gonna say that he didn't experience suffering, but I saw him as an example of suffering over this last year. So when you look back at what you experienced this past summer, how was that suffering experience for you? Uh,
1: a couple things. One, I had a triple bypass, so that's what they're talking about. And uh, number two, uh, I don't suffer. I take care of people who suffer. <laughs>
0: told you. I told you.
1: That's what I do. Yeah. Um, and so it was a very odd experience to be on, on the other, other side of the, of the, of the fence. Um, it, it did hurt, but I, it was pretty amazing how, uh, how little it hurt, considering how they, they cut your chest open and all that, that they do to it. Uh, the healing process, plus, you sleep a lot. Um, the weird part was waking up uh, thinking that I'd died. Like, the, the Chris I knew just was not there. And my perspective had changed. Um, I was lost. And um, you you don't know what tomorrow is. And um, you you do know that the pain will go away, right? So you know your body's going to heal. But you don't know if you're going to be okay. Like that was the suffering. That was odd for me.
0: And did you feel like God was with you during this time? Did you feel him?
1: So uh, feel him, no. Um, That was part of it. Uh, So I knew what God had said. I knew what God had promised me. And I'd both watched that happen long enough and experienced it in my own life long enough. I knew that God doesn't lie and that his word was true. But it was really like my heart had sealed off. Like I couldn't hear him. Sometimes people say, well, God wasn't talking to me. I'm sure God was talking to me. I, I believe that God's always talking to you. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't I could not hear that. And so um, my faith uh, was pure. It was just faith. And lots of times people are like, man, i got great faith. And I bet you've experienced it. Where you, you've heard from God and you're like, he's right there. This is awesome. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that's what God said, so I know that's true. I don't feel it. I don't feel like it's true,
0: but I know it's true. So that's what I'm going to. Mm. That's what I'm going to live on. Gotcha. So, when you think about the experience, um, did you feel? That, what did you feel like when the body of Christ actually helped you through this challenging time?
1: So that was the biggest uh, proof that God was alive. The biggest proof that God was alive was even before I went under surgery, before I went under the knife, uh, I could call uh, the people in our church and go, hey, this is what's going to happen. And I knew everything in my life would be taken care of. I knew my wife was going to be taken care of. I knew my, my house, all, everything that I'm responsible for was going to be taken care of. The church itself, I, I was hoping that it would be taken care of. Um, <laughs> And then afterwards, all of it was taken care of. It was amazing how I actually never even had to call anybody. Like somebody was ahead of the game all of the time, taking care of of really everything that needed to be taken care of. Um, And so to watch that happen was really amazing. To see what God promises us, which is if you die to yourself and you live... Uh, in Him, that He is going to take care of everything. That's what He's going to be able to do, and to just have this sea or army of people that were taking care of you was uh, God is alive. He, it's exactly what He said. Mm-hmm. It, it's very interesting that for me it wasn't connected to emotions. Almost all of my life it is, but this time it's not connected to emotions because my emotions weren't—they weren't really there. It was—it was lived out right here in front of me.
0: So what do you feel God taught you during this time when you were suffering?
1: Uh, so I want to be authentic about this. I have no idea. Like, I I don't know what I've learned. I don't know the lesson. I'm still in it. I'm still in that process. Um, I do know that I was reminded that I have an amazing wife. Lori is uh, what she went through and taking care of me. And uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the way... I, I, was, uh, I wasn't really mean, I just wasn't me. And you know how amazing I am, so that was really hard on me. <laughs> so, that wasn't really me. Where's Lori? <laughs> and uh, I was reminded that the body of Christ is not a theory, it's not an idea that man thought up, it is God at work in his people to love each other and be able to take care of each other. Um, I learned I am a man. Um, I am not the strongest man on the face of the earth. I'm learning that. I'm I'm (laughs) trying to learn that, that principle. Um, And to walk differently than uh, don't worry, I can take care of it, I can take care of you, I can take care of all of it. Don't worry. Um, Because that's actually not
0: true. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you. You can see, guys, we're not meant to go through this life alone. We're not meant to go through this life alone because we needed a Savior. And secondly, we also need one another. We obviously know our need for Christ, but we also need to be there for one another during these times. You know, Romans 15, uh, Romans chapter 15, verses two through three says, we should help others to do what is right and to build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. Who did he surround himself with? He surrounded himself with his disciples, with his followers. He surrounded himself with people who not only needed him, but he needed them as well. You know, we're called to share each other's burdens. Galatians uh, chapter six says, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are fooling yourself. You are not that important. Oof, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true. We are not above that. We are here to share each other's burdens, to obey Christ because we are here to be the body of Christ. We are here to be his representative. You know, suffering, like I said, isn't the end of the story. Jesus paid the ultimate price for your salvation. He was sent here to die for you and for me. And if you can't ever remember a time in your life where you've made that decision to say yes to Jesus, guys, today is that day. Today is the day for you to say yes to Jesus and accept that gift of salvation. That means that you need to be willing to surrender and to trust him. And oh boy, is that hard. When you're going through something, we keep it and we want to keep it inside. And we don't want to share that because we feel like we're burdening other people, but he's telling us in his word, bear each other's burdens, share in that with one another. And so we're going to get ready to take communion. And so while you guys are getting your communion elements together, take some time now this morning to examine your heart. Take some time to think, okay, is there something going on in my life that I need to talk to God about? Because, guys, there's nothing more incredible than feeling that redemption, that restoration, that forgiveness from Jesus himself. So take some time to just think before you take part in God's table. And if there's sin in your life, confess it. He's there for that. And ask God to help you replace that sin with his righteousness before you take part in this. And I want you to think about where am I right now in my life? Am I going through something so physical? or something so mental, or something so spiritual that's causing me to have difficulties? Am I feeling like I am suffering? Right now, this is his time. This is where we come and we lay all that in front of him. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come on out so that way we can then share in communion together. But while they're coming out and getting stuff set up, I want you to think, what was Christ's suffering like what was what was that that he went through what was that like we're coming up like i said on easter and during the easter season we're always thinking about all the times that we can get together with family and obviously the easter egg hunt that we're having next week and we think about all those wonderful things but i want you to take time today and use it as an opportunity to remember what christ did for you You know, God's Word says in in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 24, So He said, For I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when He was betrayed, took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Christ came to this earth to die For you, for me, his body was broken. And all he's asking is that you choose him today. Let's take the bread. It also says in verses 25 and 26, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Not only was his body broken, but the word says that there had to be the shedding of blood for the true forgiveness of sins. His body was broken. His blood was shed for you and for me. Let's take the cup. And We're getting ready to sing a worship song. You guys have, have sung this one with us before. It's O Come to the Altar. And the words say, oh, come to the altar. His arms are open wide. Come to God's altar today. Come before him, surrender, and give those sufferings, those pains, those things that you're going through that are causing you difficulty in your life and your relationships. He's calling you today. Let's pray father thank you so much that we get this opportunity to come before your throne that we get to come to your altar and i pray for each and every person here i don't know what each and everybody is is suffering with but you do and you are their source of comfort many times we think that when someone is going through something that we always need to do something the majority of the time what we need is to be something for them Help us to remember that we need to share in each other's burdens. Help us to remember that because you paid that ultimate sacrifice, that we get to then surrender all this back to you and that through your love and through your grace, how incredible it is that we get to come before you. Thank you for today. And we'll ask all this in your name. Amen.